This Blitz podcast is brought to you by Bravado Wireless. Available online at bravadowireless.com. It is it's 8 o'clock right here on the Blitz 1170. He's Scott File. I'm Rick Corey. Coming up in about 10 minutes, John Walker from the Stillwater News Press. And then at 8.30, Mike Boynton from OSU Basketball. All right, The AP rankings, of course, are out. It is unchanged in the top seven. Not surprised. Georgia's, as Scott said in his Blitz update, Georgia's number one you know, stranglehold is slipping a little bit, but they are closer. Still, they are number one, and they did win. I mean, they they struggled against Auburn, but they won 27-20, so you continue to be number one. Michigan at number two, Texas at number three. Again, not the most impressive, but they actually beat Kansas, so they stayed three. Ohio State at four, Florida State at five, then Penn State at six, and they started slow before finishing nicely. And then Washington, now that Washington team, Scott, they only beat Arizona 31-24, and they'd been really kind of just, you know, steamrolling everybody. Arizona might have showed some people. First of all, by the way, Arizona is not bad this year. They might have shown some folks some some ways to get after Washington, but they did still win, so they're at number seven. USC, or pardon me, uh, Oregon's up one to eight. USC drops a place after winning against Colorado. Now, I find that one... Look, I don't think this is a great USC team. I think Caleb Williams is great. I think the rest of I mean, they do have great. It's a great offensive team. Defense is still. Yeah. Well, they've got some. Grinch defense. Their receivers are, they're, you know, Washington. Everybody, though, if you look at Washington and you look at SC, the receivers in the Pac-12 are just sick. There's no doubt. But I don't know that if you go on the road in an atmosphere like they had at Folsom, I mean, the sideline was nothing but celebrities. They had more celebrities in Boulder than they had in New York to watch the Jets Chiefs. You might say there were bigger names in at the Jets Chiefs, but they had more celebrities on the sidelines in Boulder. You actually go beat that team in that environment, I don't know that you should drop one, personally. And I look, I'm not pulling for USC to win a title or anything. I just don't know that you should drop one. Uh, but you know, you, okay, fine. You know, it's the Colorado teams—they've lost a couple in a row now, so you drop one, fine. So Oregon's at eight, USC's at nine, Notre Dame's up one at ten, oh, Alabama is up one at eleven, then Oklahoma's up two at twelve. I still think they're underrated. Washington State number three and number thirteen, then North Carolina, Oregon State—the two left outs. Ole Miss jumps four spots. Miami's up one to seventeen. Utah drops eight. They, you'd say they're the big loser, right? No, we'll get to them in a moment. Utah drops eight spots to 18. Duke is down two to 19. So how does Notre Dame well, – ah, forget it. I don't think Duke should drop two for losing like that. Anyway, Kentucky up seven at 20. Then Missouri, they're – you know, don't sleep on Missouri. They're 5-0. and oh. Tennessee it drops one. And then LSU, the big loser at 23, they're dropped 10 spots after losing to Ole Miss. Then Fresno State at 24 and Louisville at 25. So that's your top 25. Is there anybody you think got mishandled there? Not really, because now we've, we're starting to see a body of work of teams. So, I mean, most teams are four, you know, four or five games into their season, so we're kind of see kind of where I think teams were, are, should be right now. We're kind of a little bit past the preseason ranking, so. It makes you think, you know, when you got – Teams like Missouri and Kentucky who were unbeaten. And, you know, you can take a look at schedules and things. Kentucky, though, just manhandled Florida. 
And they they've been awfully good. And you see those teams that are you know the five and O's who are just now having to fight. You know, in Oklahoma too, having to fight their way in the ratings when there are people above them who have losses. And you might look and go, hmm. You know, it, it kind of makes you wonder at times, doesn't it? I think Tennessee's only hanging in there because they're Tennessee. I really don't see they have much of an opportunity to stay. I, I they were fine. And and really a couple of really nice deep balls, but I still am not a big fan of what's going on over there. So that's just a look at the top twenty-five. I still well, really though you mentioned about the, the teams with losses in front of OU, the two teams with losses in front of OU, of OU Notre Dame, Alabama, mm-hmm. one loss to Texas, one loss to Ohio State. Yeah, that's true. I, I hard to find where you'd think, but if you look above them for the unbeaten's, some of these unbeaten's haven't played a whole lot of folks yet. Now they're still unbeaten. I get it. I don't know that I would move out any of them personally. I do still, but I still think Oklahoma's underrated at five and zero. They've been really good. That defense, which gave up early against Iowa State and then solidified, I think is really good. As a matter of fact, I saw an interesting tweet, and I'll see if you think it's true or not. By the way, you're listening to the Blitz eleven seventy. It is five minutes after eight on this Monday drive to work. A tweet that said if Caleb Williams had just stayed, he'd be playing for a national title without question at Oklahoma. Now, that that crosses a lot of boundaries because, okay, now you're saying if just Caleb Williams stayed, I'm assuming, because not if Lincoln Riley stayed, because if Lincoln stayed, you'd still have Alec Grange, and if you all had Alec Grange, blah, blah, blah. If everything stays in place other than you bring Caleb Williams back, how you, you can't be any better than 5-0. and oh. Now, is Caleb Williams the most electric player in football? Yeah, he is. Mm-hmm. Is he better than Dylan Gabriel? Well, athletically, yes. But in this offense right now, is he better than Dylan Gabriel? I mean, you. I mean, Dylan Gabriel had another. I don't even want to say solid because I think that undersells it. But he had a really great numbers-wise game. I mean, he had two rushing touchdowns, mm-hmm. threw for a couple more. And when he has running touchdowns too, he I mean he trucks a guy at the goal line. Yeah. So it wasn't like he went and slid and just tried to get out of the way. I mean, he went in and just he went in and just whacked guys. Now, there's no doubt that Dylan Gabriel is a more, or that, pardon me, that uh, Caleb Williams is a more talented person when it comes to a lot of different things. But I, I don't know that you, I don't know. So yeah, I guess. I don't know what Caleb Williams, what more he would bring to this offense than what you've seen so far. Because really the offense has only struggled one game. That was the SMU game. No, but there's going to be a time when they do. And what he does bring is the ability to break plays and make, make plays. Not only with his legs, but you'll notice, I mean, he, he scrambles to throw. He did it again the other day against Colorado. Now, he had the one bad throw, but other than that, he scrambles to throw, and then he gets guys open, and he throws them open sometimes in that situation as well. My guess, my I guess, my that boils down to my question is this: Right now, would you move Dylan Gabriel out of that Oklahoma offense and replace him with Caleb Williams? Would you do that right now? What? No, what? Go, say that one more time. Would you remove Dylan Gabriel and replace him with Caleb Williams right now if you had the chance? Well, sure. Why not? I mean, you have a more dynamic quarterback. Why? Why wouldn't? I mean. To me, that's a no-brainer. I've, I, you know, when you're five and zero and you're playing as well as Dylan Gabriel is, I find it hard to say at any given moment I'm just gonna I'm just gonna re- re- replace you. Caleb Williams is more talented overall. There's no doubt. In the fit in the offense, well, I don't know. I think it's saying that he would come back and, and absolutely play for a national championship, which just might be accurate. 
depending because of what he can bring you and how he can win games down the stretch. Ah, boy, that, I still think that's tough when you've got a guy playing as well as Gabriel's playing, fitting in as well as he's fitting in, to just wholesale say, yeah, I'd make that change. You know, if you look at the quarterback ratings from Pro Football Focus, uh, Gail Williams. I mean, G- Gabriel's a nice player, but when you have the reigning Heisman Trophy winner and a guy who's the favorite right now, according to Vegas, to win again, yeah. to me it seems like a no-brainer. I know. I, I just still think it's hard, man. I, I realize how difficult it is to change to change up in a situation like that. And, you know, you don't have that luxury, so it's not going to. But when I saw the tweet, I thought that's pretty interesting. And I I wouldn't just hand them a chance to play at the title because there's some complete teams out there. We're going to know a lot more after this weekend. Oh, yeah, uh, this Saturday will, will be a huge test. It you'll is a, you'll it, know for real. Definitely telling. Let me know. Would you? 918-262-5072. Would you just right off the cuff right now just replace Dylan Gabriel with Caleb Williams? If Caleb wanted to come back right now, would you say, yep, no, no problems? Let me know. 918-262-5072. All right, 809. In a moment, we're going to talk OSU football with John Walker of the Stillwater News Press. That's right, the Cowboys back in action this weekend and deeply, deeply in need of a win. Before we do that, though, let me tell you about Overhead Door Company of Tulsa's commercial division and why you need a service contract with them. Because if you're a business owner and you have um, a business door, and it doesn't have to be necessarily an overhead door, but I'm thinking more of the big overhead doors because they do go up and down a lot during the winter. You want to keep that cold and that weather out, the ice, the snow, all those things. Sometimes in the summer, the doors can just stay open for longer periods of time. They don't work as much. But in the winter, they got to go up and down a lot. So you need a service contract because if you happen to hear that little creak or crank or that little groan that door makes or think to yourself, that's not a big deal, well, it's going to be a big deal at some point. At some point, the thing's just going to stop working. And when it does, that's the real problem. And that, if you've got an overhead door company of Tulsa commercial division contract for service, they come out and fix it right now. Same way the city of Tulsa does, that you know that Amazon does, BOK does, Greenheck, all those companies. And the city of Tulsa does it with for fire and police, which, as you know, has to work and has to work now. now you can also have them repaired or replaced. If you've just got a repair you know that needs to be made, you want them sealed for the winter, you want it replaced and need it done, they did it for my dive business, and they can do it for you too. Frank Sanders Jr. and his folks have been in town decades doing nothing but this. And there's nobody, and I mean nobody, who knows more about commercial work than them Nobody has more parts in stock. Nobody has more opportunity to fix your problem right now. Just go to overdoorcompanyoftulsa.com and then simply click on commercial. It is 8-11 on the Blitz 1170. John Walker talks OSU football in a few moments. And then Mike Boynton, the Oklahoma State head basketball coach, at 8-30. If you have a question for either of them, 918-262-5072 right here on the Blitz. It is 8-16 here on the Blitz 1170. Scott File in the next room. I'm Rick Corey, both of us in the Tulsa Oilers Hockey Studio. We'll have uh, Mike Boynton from Oklahoma State in just a few minutes. In the meantime, let's go to our Oklahoma and State Insider as we do on these Mondays. John Walker, the Stillwater News Press. All right, coming off the bye week, John, let's get right to business. What do you think the Cowboys got accomplished? Um, so we actually didn't have an availability uh, last week. So so today at noon will be our first time talking to Mike Gundy since the uh, since the loss in Ames, or yeah since the loss in Ames. Um, and then we'll get players later this evening as well. So, you know, I, I, I really couldn't tell you exactly what, you know, they fo- what they would say they focused on. Um, I, I hope that we saw – that we see this Friday some progression in, in the consistency at the quarterback position. Uh, because I think we, we saw, guys, that one guy staying in – and I think we talked about this last week 
we saw the benefits of that as the game progressed. We saw some connections get going. Uh, for example, Dijon Stribling and Alan Bowman. Um, you saw, you know, Alan had talked about after the game, he, he could play more free knowing that if he buried a ball in the dirt because he had to, you know, it wasn't going to put him out of the competition in, in you know, what was previously only four drives apiece. Um, and so there's a, a lot of benefits that, that come with only having one guy. I figured, you know, that might be the case. Um, or, or, or personally, I hope that's the case. Again, I, I don't even, you know, I, I don't even care who it is, but I think we saw the benefits of, of just having one guy. Um, and I hope that's the case again this Friday against K-State. Well, yeah, I wonder what the, you know, as being around as guys coming in and out of practice, those kinds of things are just, you know, words around Stillwater. Any feeling you got around the town as they're trying to bounce back? Um, you know, everybody's just kind of kind of disappointed. Um, you know, I think rightfully so, two and two for the first time in I don't know how long, you know. Um, not Not a position that the program's usually in. I think it might have stung a little bit more because you had the bye week to kind of like marinate in it. Um, I, I think I can't remember which player, but I think one of the players after the Iowa state game said like, we'll, we'll go back on the field right now. Um, and, and so, you know, that's the, that's the benefit of not having a bye week, I guess, you know, coming after a loss, you, you are hungrier. You have, you know, a short turnaround to kind of exercise those demons, if you will. Uh, but in the bye week, you really, really, really have to sit and think about it. And so maybe that'll pay them dividends, you know. But, um, yeah, I, I just I, – I think everybody's kind of a, a little somber, um, still eager, still excited. You know, they sold out the K-State game this Friday. It's a blackout. Um, I think the only game they haven't sold out yet is Kansas, maybe. Which, um, which should Saturday. sell out, yeah. Yeah, it should. Yeah, it absolutely should sell out. Um, but I think that is the only one that hasn't yet. The the BYU regular regular season finale. Yes, Bedlam. We all know you had to have season tickets to get into that game. Essentially, um, so you know people are still eager, but but I think rightfully so. Um, they're they're a little disappointed with the Cowboys sitting at two and two after the first four weeks. Just a couple more moments here with John Walker, Stillwater News Press, talking Oklahoma State football and basketball. Scott, it was a quiet bye week, as you mentioned. There's no media availability, but this seemed mm-hmm. like a really quiet bye week. There wasn't really, you know, usually on bye weeks you hear some kind of news kind of trickle out from practice or something, but it right. was really quiet. Is that a good thing or is that a bad thing? Well, so we had we had a, a little bit of news, as everyone's probably aware, um, regarding you know Oklahoma State defensive back Trey Rucker. Mm-hmm. Um, so there were you know that all of that kind of transpired last week, but you know really aside from that, we didn't hear a lick. We did not hear a single thing about this football program, um, or, or come out of this football program. From you know today really until uh, you know until Mike Gundy talks it at noon uh, from the time they left Ames we we just haven't heard anything and so yeah I I think that's somewhat peculiar um, but you know I understand that they had some uh, some obvious things come up last week in the middle of the week that they they probably didn't anticipate um, any news know, on that not, by the way not, so. <clears throat> 
So Marcus Trevino, uh, my, my co-worker at the Stillwater News Press, he, he's been all over this. He was on the news beat at, at the Stillwater News Press for a while. So he, he's a little bit more familiar in the you know court system and whatnot. Um, so, no, I, I think he said um, – I'm – I think he said that they're going to have another hearing, I believe. I'm um, not quite sure when that is. Okay, so the latest update, Marcus said, um, you know, for anybody who doesn't know, I suppose, uh, Oklahoma State safety Trey Rucker was, was booked, arrested on, on suspicion of a DUI uh, September – oh, my – it would have been the Sunday – like the Sunday morning mm-hmm. after the Iowa State right. game. And – um yeah was driving home from film this is all from the you know from the police report um he he claimed that he was driving home from film um a a redacted second source confirmed that from the program it seems and yeah so then he had a hearing on thursday and in the tricky part of this guys is his probation um from a from a previous thing uh last until august 24th of next year um and and that's from a, a 2021 misdemeanor. And so the terms of his probation on that is to not violate any further laws. Um, so they'll have to have another hearing to see, you know, what kind of goes on from here. His pro, his current probation officer will have a big part in that, of course. And, and yeah, we'll just kind of, uh, we'll just kind of wait and see. Uh, so this game, last thing for John Walker, Stillwater News Press. <laughs> It is a sellout. As you said, it's a Friday. Mm-hmm. Uh, Kansas State's in a bit of a position themselves because they've had some surprises here and there. Is this yep. a must? Uh, you know, I hard to say must win at this time of the year, but if you don't win this one, where does it put you? Yeah, I, I think so. You know, all things considered, um, back-to-back losses, one to South Alabama, one on the road in Ames. You have two weeks essentially to albeit you know a short week with a Friday game I suppose but but you have two weeks to prepare for a K-State team that I, I don't know how to put it really any other way Molly whopped you in Manhattan last year I mean 48 to nothing it was you know on paper the worst loss of the Gundy era um, and there were you know if that happens again or, or if you you fall to K-State again in a close one even or, or however it ends up playing out if you lose this one um, man, man, it would be tough to bounce back. It, yeah. it really would. Now, I'm not saying they would like lose out the rest of the season, but but it would sure be tough to bounce back from a, a third straight loss to a team that beat you last year. Yeah, it would certainly. There's no question. Well, maybe we can just get Travis Kelsey and Taylor Swift to attend, and maybe that'll switch everybody's uh, attention around. What do you think? I'm telling you, I'm telling you, yeah, we could get them in Boone Pickens and, and everything will be fine. <laughs> John, we appreciate you. <laughs> I hope there's some extra news this week, and we hope it's all good news for Oklahoma State. Thanks very much for your time. Thanks, guys. You bet. John Walker, Stillwater News Press here on the Blitz 1170. It is 824. Coming up in a few minutes, Mike Boynton, the Oklahoma State head basketball coach, will preview the season. You'll hear Cowboy basketball right here on the Blitz 1170. I mentioned, of course, Kelsey and Swift, or Swelsey, hashtag Swelsey. That's what we're calling them. Hashtag Swelsey. Yeah, that's what we're calling them. And so last night, it wasn't just Taylor Swift there at the game, but it was also Ryan Reynolds and Hugh Jackman and Blake Lively and Sophie Turner. And by the way, Scott, I did see a source that said uh, Travis Kelsey was seen leaving Taylor Swift's New York apartment the morning of the game. Hmm. 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 
We don't know if that source is correct or not, but we did say that. Now, the two left separately after the game because Kelsey was going back to Oklahoma City, and she wasn't. This was just a break in her concert tour. So, Kansas City. Yeah, yes. Yeah, for some reason, he yeah. was going to Oklahoma City. Sorry, pardon my name. Right. <laughs> I mean, he could go to Oklahoma he City, be, I guess. Right? You just never know. You don't know who else he's seeing. I mean, the guy's everywhere, right? Now the question is, how many people this year will use them as, the, as their Halloween costume? How many people going to parties as couples will dress as those two? And the over-under has got to be a lot. Oh, yes, for especially for couples. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Huge. Got to be a lot. I don't think there's any question about that. That's going to happen, I promise you. It's 826 on the Blitz 1170. He's Scott File. I'm Rick Corey. We're in the Tulsa Oilers Hockey Studios. Would you like to ask a question of the head coach of Oklahoma State in basketball, Mike Boynton? You can. Text that right now to 918-262-5072. We'll talk a little cowboy basketball next right here on the Blitz. Right here on the Blitz 1170 in the Tulsa Oilers Hockey Studio, Rick Corey and Scott File, and we are joined now on our hotline by Oklahoma State head basketball coach Mike Boynton. Coach, I have to first ask, uh, how much pasta did you get when you were overseas, huh? <laughs> um, you know what? We didn't have a ton of pasta. Um, you know, Spain is a little bit more rice and seafood from from the coastal area where we were, so it was. Uh, a little less pasta and a little more seafood, which is which is exactly how I like it. There you go, I got you. All right, well let's uh, let's get into what happened on that trip. I've re- I've read and seen several stories where you talked about how you fought that football or that part of me that basketball team kind of came together on that trip. What did you see get accomplished out there? Well, you know, I, it's I think well documented how many new players we have on our team, and so one of the most important things that that I wanted to accomplish, that I believe we did was just to get these guys to know each other. Um, you know, we got guys who are coming in here dealing with their first experience at Oklahoma State at different points in their lives. You know, we got a, several freshmen uh, who are obviously coming from high school and, and being the best player on every team they've been on so far in their lives. And then we got a few uh, transfers, uh, one of which is a multi-year transfer in Javon Small from East Carolina, uh, and a couple in Jerry Sicklin and Mike Marsh who just got one year with us. Uh, and they're both graduate transfers. And so, you know, blending all those personalities and, and points of life and experiences together uh, so that we can start to figure out if we can be a good team um, as one unit was re- really, really critical. So uh, not just the games and the practices, but just the time together uh, was really, really important over the last uh, three months. Is it even easier when you're that far away? I mean, it's one thing to go on a road trip, but to be completely separated like that, everybody has to interact a little bit more. It's a little bit tighter. Does that make it even more important? Yeah, I mean, I think to your point, you're more disconnected from all of your normal comforts, right? Your, your bed, uh, the food you like to eat, uh, the places you like, like to just kind of go hang out. Uh, it's foreign to everybody. Uh, no one really knows where the best places to eat are, so they got to figure it out together. <laughs> and then when they get there, none of them can read the menu, so they got to ask questions <laughs> or they got to try things. Uh, and some of them, I'm sure, go well. Some of them maybe not so well, but uh, it's all worth the experience of you know, just again, like I said, getting to know uh, the likes and dislikes of each team member, so that we can be a great team at the end. I'm Mike Boyne with us, Oklahoma State head basketball coach. If you have a question you'd like to ask him, you can do it at 918-262-5072. You, of course, will hear Cowboy basketball here on the Blitz. Scott? You mentioned the positives that you were looking for out of that European trip, you know, the communication, the trust. Now that you've opened practice, you've had practice almost a week now, are you kind of seeing that kind of come from the team from that trip? Yeah, I mean, one of the things, guys, just the urgency that they know they have to play with, 
Uh, so one of the benefits of playing the games and the level of competition uh, that we faced over there is we, we, we were able to immediately expose some things that you know, we, we would have had to address starting now. Uh, and so we got a few months of a head start on, all right, which units here really do work together? Uh, which guys are really effective in which positions, uh, whether it be a point guard, a guy who's running a team, or a big man who you need to rebound to protect the rim. I mean, in theory, you think you know when you recruit them out of high school, but you don't really know until you get them here and you start talking your language in basketball to them because it's very different depending on uh, the coaching styles and, and, and all that. So I uh, I feel really good that um, that we've got off to a really good start and that our guys starting to understand you know, our terminology on offense and defense, as well as the tendencies of their teammates. Mm-hmm. You, now that you've started that process, you know, as you said, a lot of times it goes a little bit slower. We're seeing the blending of of teams. I point to what Dion is doing in Colorado and how he has brought all these guys from the outside, yet suddenly, quickly, they're unified. That's all. That's in the past been a little bit hard, Coach. You bring in young guys, you got older guys. Now with the influx of the portal and everybody, this is becoming a little more natural. Is it going to be easier to blend teams as we move forward, do you think? Yeah, I think people just get a new level of comfort. Uh, you know, just like most things, change is difficult. Uh, and when you're accustomed to doing something for, you know, some coaches have been coaching for 30 or 40 years and have never had a transfer in their program. And so how do you incorporate a young man who's only going to be with you for 10 months or so? Um, and so the people who are best equipped to adapt usually find the most success early. But I think over time, everybody will have to because it's really the only way to survive in, in college athletics, not just basketball, in 2023. Uh, a great example here on our campus is Kenny Gajewski was really ahead of the curve on taking transfers in and figuring out how to be successful with them. Um, we've kind of dabbled in the transfer market, but not as, not as much as we have this year with guys that we really expect to make a great impact. We've traditionally done it through the high school ranks. Uh, but now we understand that in order to stay competitive year after year, we have to be very aggressive in the transfer market. And now we're learning how to incorporate those guys and blend that talent with the young, energetic guys who, who are still so excited about everything but don't know anything about anything. <laughs> um, but, but, but that's just a part of it. And so now you can have a guy like Mike Marsh uh, mentoring a guy like Brandon Garrison. Uh, Mike Marsh turned 24 years old in July. Uh, one of his teammates turns eight turned 18 the week after he turned 24. <laughs> so it's, uh, it's just the new uh, way of Kyle's athletics, and, and, and we're here to see if we can compete in it. Yeah, and you do your point about Mike, and he's also been around so much. He's got so much life experience yeah. in the places he's been. All right, so uh, I know you're only a weekend, and you did have the preview you talked about, but who's jumping off the page at you? Um, I mean, I think I think it's, it's, it's ironic that we're just talking about how the young guys don't know much, but – I think because of the trip and, and their experience with us this summer, they've been able to pick up things and practice quicker. And so we're moving faster than probably we ever have. Uh, we need, when you have this many freshmen, you know a few of them have to play. I mean, so it's just a matter of making sure that they're up to speed. So I, I've been really impressed with Connor Dow uh, as one of the freshmen who probably maybe the least um, known commodity, even though he's an in-state kid, uh, wasn't as highly ranked, uh, quote-unquote, as some of the other guys. But he's really smart. He picks up things really fast. Uh, and he can really shoot the basketball, which is always a, a equalizer in this game, no matter how young you are. 
Um, and for my older guy, Javon, Mar- uh, Javon Small, a uh, point guard here from East Carolina, is, is a guy who I've been really, really pleased with in terms of his ability to, to own what we do and start taking ownership uh, and making his teammates better. Your schedule for this upcoming upcoming season just came out the other day. And before we get into what a gauntlet the Big 12 is going to be, I want to talk about your non-conference schedule. I think if there's a college basketball team in Oklahoma, you're playing them this year. At least it seems like it. I'm <laughs> being a little facetious. But you're playing Oklahoma Baptist, Tulsa, and ORU. Is that a conscious effort on you guys to play more teams in Oklahoma or it just kind of fall that way? You know, so we played Tulsa and ORU multiple times uh, in, in my time here. We've always tried to play uh, the local teams because I think it's good for the state. I think it's good for the young kids in high school in the state of Oklahoma to see a good basketball play, play within the state at the next level. Uh, so we've always been conscious. Uh, we've always tried in our exhibition game to play another team from the state of Oklahoma. Um, you know, obviously there's a little bit of a transactional piece of that. And we like to try to keep that money in the state as much as we can. Uh, I hope our, our, our um, people in charge of finances in the state appreciate that. And we're not sending money out to Arkansas, Missouri or somewhere <laughs> else. But, um, you know, I think it's important that, you know, the kids in our state understand that you can stay home and be successful uh, at every level. I think the coaches at Tulsa, uh, Coach Conkle, I think that, the new coach over at uh, ORU is going to do a phenomenal job. They're great people. Uh, they're great teachers. And I'm excited to compete against them and, and see if we can put on a, a good show for the people in the state of Oklahoma. Well, Scott said the Big 12 somewhat of a gauntlet. It, uh, you're going to find out pretty early. I mean, not only from your, as you said, your preseason, if you will, or your, your non-conference guys. You're going to find out pretty early in the Big 12. <laughs> it's not going to be easy. That might be a good reason to have a lot of young legs on your team, Coach. Yeah, I'll be honest. I was trying to avoid talking about Big 12 games <laughs> right now. <laughs> no disrespect to our in-state people, but uh, talking about the Big 12, I don't need that anxiety this time of year. But uh, the, the league is going to be great again. Uh, it has been every year since I've been a part of it. I'm sure it was like that before I got here. Uh, and I don't know how it keeps getting better, but obviously part of it getting better this year is the addition of four new members, of one of which has been a, a national um, nationally relevant championship contender for the last few years in Houston. Uh, but Cincinnati's got great history in basketball. BYU, I've heard, uh, has one of the best home courts uh, in all of college basketball. And then Central Florida was a team who almost beat Duke when they had Zion Williamson in the NCAA tournament. And as you look at our schedule, I try not to look too far ahead. But a few things I always try to take note of, uh, who we open with. Obviously, we play Baylor at home. Um but who we finish with also, because on the road particularly, uh, who are you going to play on senior day? Uh, and so we're going to play at BYU on senior day, and it'll be very much different than our senior day, I imagine, uh, because on our senior day we'll have a couple guys we honor, uh, and their parents will be here, and their siblings, and then we'll go to BYU, and their children will be there honoring them on senior day. So uh, most of those guys are older and married and have families by then. So it's, uh, it'll be a little bit unique uh, first-time experience for us. But we're excited about the opportunity to, to compete in what, again, will be the best basketball league in the country by far. Yeah, that is a neat arena at BYU, I'll tell you that. I was up there when Sean Bradley, the 7-6er, was still playing and did a game up there. And it is a monster. There's no question about that, Scott. Yeah, you mentioned the four new teams coming into the league this year. You know, when when all the talk was about conference realignment, a lot of the talk was – football but it affected greatly affected men's basketball and women's basketball too how much has the realignment kind of shuffled things in the college basketball world 
Oh, it's changed everything. I mean, um, the the entire landscape of college athletics, just in my short time as a head coach, has changed drastically. I mean, you know, we now have, um, you know, teams from the Pac-12. The Big 12 is now represented in all four uh, time zones in the, in the U.S., continental U.S. Um, you know, the transfer portal is here. wasn't here then. Uh, NIL is here. wasn't here when I first started. So a lot has changed in a very drastic way in the last – uh, less than 10 years now. Uh, but like I said earlier, you know, we don't make the rules. Uh, our job is to, to try to as quickly and effectively and efficiently adapt to those to give our program the best chance to be successful. So, um, you know, this, this year with those four and then next year with, with Colorado and Arizona, Arizona State and Utah, uh, it'll look different. We'll have to learn how to, you know, travel a little bit further west to play games and see mm-hmm. what that's like coming back east. Uh, we'll have to learn if there's a different style of play in the Pac-12, which now uh, will be incorporated into our conference. And so uh, the, the key has always been, though, it's about talent. You've got to recruit really good players. Uh, you got to have a good plan for them. And you got to get them to buy into each other. And, and so that's one of the things that remains the same. And the people who do that the best – uh, ultimately, we'll have the most success. Yeah, Jimmys and Joes, not X's and O's. It was so, uh, so, and yeah, so eloquently said by Bobby Bowden. Uh, very last thing for Mike Boynton, head basketball coach at Oklahoma State. The longer we go in this new situation of of the mixing of teams, as we talked about earlier, and the more the the you know the language or the uh, landscape changes in college athletics overall. Is it going to get easier or harder to be a head basketball coach? You're a CEO, you're a pastor, you're a father, you're a grandfather, you're a counselor, you are a business person, you're all those things, and now it comes at you in a thousand different ways. Is this job just going to keep getting harder, or if you compartmentalize, can it actually be easier? Well, I already feel old, but I'm not a grandfather yet. <laughs> all right. <laughs> I am uh, not, in all honesty, it's, it, it has changed. But I look at it as opportunity. Um, the one thing I try to keep focus on are the things that, that, that are in our control. I try to tell our staff, you know, to stay mission-focused. Uh, the mission that we believe we're here to do hasn't changed. We want to help young men become responsible adults. We want to, while we're doing that, win as many basketball games as we possibly can and make sure that our program uh, and the people who love it are very, very proud of what they see when they see us take the court. Um, and not really get caught up in a whole lot of the other stuff. And there's so many things out of our control um, that the more you spend time trying to focus on fixing those things that you can't, you lose the opportunity to really impact the things that you can impact. And so show up every day with a great attitude, work as hard as you can, treat people the way you feel like is the right way to treat folks, uh, and do it with a smiley face and be thankful. And so that's how I try to approach life. I know some people think that sunshine and rainbows and too much positivity, uh, but you know I think we all have a choice in how we how we approach life, and, and that's the way I choose to approach life. And I think it served me well in that even in a very stressful job, I try to find great joy in the opportunity that I have uh, to represent the state of Oklahoma and Oklahoma State University, and, and certainly a great traditionally rich basketball program there's no doubt and uh, just to, uh, for clarification when i meant grandfather i meant kind of like to some players i was kidding don't worry about that i was kidding i was, I was kidding yeah. i just I, every time we took pictures yesterday and uh i keep telling them i don't want to get in i don't want to be a part of picture day anymore and they're asking me why and i tell them that because they ask me to take a new picture every year mm-hmm. right yeah. and every year i see more gray hairs 
Well, that's because you are a father. <laughs> Trust me. Uh, like, you know, we could just use the picture from like six years ago. Yeah. When, you know, I was still, I was very, I was in a very good health at that point. Not that I'm not in great health. I don't want to scare anybody. But, but my, my face, you know, was very slim and I had very black hair and, you know, it, it was, it was all good. Uh, you had Life hair. Life an assistant coach. Yes. I haven't had hair in 30 years, <laughs> you dog. I mean, you're hanging in there. Coach, it's a great talking to you. Always is. We'll get back with you during the season. Good luck. Hope you have a great start with the Cowboys. Hey, thanks a lot. If I could, just one time before I get off um, on Friday, I teased it out last night, but we're going to announce today that Friday before football plays, we're going to have an open practice. Uh, so anybody who's in town and coming for the football game or um, we love to see you in GIA. I think the doors will open around 2.30 or so and, and be open for about an hour of practice uh, before people continue to tailgate and watch the Cowboys uh, get back on a winning streak here in the Big 12. So look forward to seeing you all on Friday. That is a fantastic opportunity. Coach, thanks very much. Good luck. Thank you. You betcha. 849 Blitz 1170. That is Mike Boynton, head basketball coach at Oklahoma State. Is here recording Scott File in the Tulsa Oilers Hockey Studio Um a couple of things I wanted to mention before we got away. One of them was, I don't know, did you see any of the of the Toy Story game yesterday, the Jags-Atlanta? Uh, I saw a little bit of the quote-unquote highlights, but <laughs> yeah, I saw it. I thought it was pretty fun. I like how the NFL is kind of doing the fun, kind of different things like with that and the Nickelodeon the game. game I, yeah. I, and that's, again, that's how you hook the next generation. You know, there's a way. There are a couple ways to do that. You do it like Dion's doing it in Colorado. You can do it like they're doing it. Uh, we tuned over and watched some of it, and it was just downright funny. It's just so different the way they did it. So congratulations, as you said, for them reaching out and going above and beyond just a little bit. I, I certainly appreciate that. Number two is we just had a bunch of callers right there for our tickets to see the Thunder and the Detroit Pistons. Who is our winner, Scott? Uh, Mitch of Skyatuck. Mitch, thank you for that. And he won tickets, uh, you know, a couple months ago to the ice cream thing at Broken Arrow. Oh. He's like, going to ice cream? Now get it some a little NBA preseason. Can't beat it. <laughs> there you go. Nicely done. And uh, then I hate to close on a somber note, but uh, I got a message very early this morning, and I wasn't completely sure. You know, the, the whole thing in the media business is uh, confirm everything with two or three sources and uh, has uh, since seems to be confirmed by what I'm seeing publicly. And that is, it looks as though my former roommate uh, on the road with TU basketball and a guy who has been just kind of everything when it came to University of Tulsa, when it comes to their medical facilities and their medical handling and all that has passed away. And that's George Mowerman. Uh, Doc Mowerman was on our trip with us. Of course, he's at every Tulsa game and always had, well, he has been for years. He was on our trip with us to Washington. He was on our trip with us to Northern Illinois. As a matter of fact, he was standing in the aisle as I was trying to get to my seat, which is Doc. And uh, he, he turns around. He's you know he knows everyone's name. He's always asking about your family. Doctor Mowerman had been you know. There, as a matter of fact, the the uh, medical facility area and the training area at TU is named after him. He, you still saw him on the on the sidelines and on the court at basketball and football games. You know him, Scott. You've been around too. He's just an absolute fixture in sports in Oklahoma. Doc lost his wife many years ago, and so every day or every evening was nothing but a sporting event for him. And he was at every. I mean, I saw him at Union games. I saw him at other high school football games. Saw him all over the place. Uh, and you talk about a guy who was dedicated. There's no question and deserving for all the praise you've ever heard of him. Not a nicer person around, uh, and you know he 
certainly gotten older, Scott, but I didn't see any other health issues, so I'm a little shocked this morning. By yeah, this. A, a real Tulsa sports icon. No, there's no question. Uh, I mean, and you look at, so, you know, Larry Eggy passing away lately, and you know, in the, in the last couple of years, and J.B. Haney and Doc Mowerman losing a, a group of guys from a certain time here in Tulsa sports, and that one will, um, that one's going to hurt right there. As I said, Doc was my former roommate. He, uh, I can tell you some stories about how loud he is on the road. <laughs> I can tell you that. Oh, gosh, I hate to end it that way. But for those who knew him, um, I'm sorry to bring you that news. Uh, Dan Patrick coming up in a moment. Be too sure to listen after that for Rich Eisen and then the show with Pop and Colby between 3 and 6 today right here on the Blitz 1170. Thanks to everybody with us today. We'll be back with you again tomorrow for a Tuesday edition of the Blitz. Thank you for listening to this exclusive Blitz 1170 podcast from Bravado Wireless.